0: Welcome back, everyone, to R2Cast number 60. Feels like only yesterday number 50 came out, um, but here we are, another 10 in the bank, in the bag, in the, in the bag, not in the bank. Today we have uh, another really good guest, as as everyone is, as I keep saying. Um, but it's, however, quite unfair of my guest to have said yes when I asked him to come on, and he doesn't know that I'm saying this, and he doesn't know why I'm saying this. He, uh, he'll probably be quite confused. But I am Scottish, as we know, and. Funnily enough, just before we kicked off, uh, I googled quickly the hardest words for Scottish people to say, and one of them is this gentleman's name. So, <laughs> Carl, <laughs> would you like to say hello?
1: <laughs> hello. I used to have a member of staff who I used to work with who hated having to phone me in the kitchen because she could not say my name as she was from Scotland, so well, I don't
0: say it. <laughs> well, it's, it's, I think we just instantly go to Carol. Um, because we can't I, we, I can't get rid of that the other word is is another word for a a, a robber beginning with B. we, we just say burglar <laughs> I can't get the word burglar without going like that so uh, yeah it's a bit, a bit of a nightmare in that sense but-
2: before we get on in to another excellent episode of the R2 cast I would just like to thank the sponsor for the show today the Scottish Farmer A weekly magazine highlighting everything you need to know regarding the Scottish agricultural industry. Whether it's breaking news, events happening in the sector, market reports, classified ads, or just wholesome stories happening in the industry, the Scottish Farmers got it for you
0: if you don't know um who carl is by name um you probably know who he is on instagram as the pretend farmer which is quite interesting given a lot of people that follow me you probably think i am one of those as well however carl is not he's quite the opposite very much farming on the ground and showing everyone his sort of journey into industry so i'm really looking forward to this chat in itself um could you tell us a bit about yourself carl maybe what your background is were you from farming or was farming something you're always interested in gives a wee bit of of that
1: sort of thing <clears throat> all right yeah so um i'm not from farming background whatsoever um other than my grandparents got a small holding um i'm a chef by trade um so i left school at 16 um started in the hospitality industry and worked myself up to head chef role at the age of 23 nice successful well-paid job um and then i quit all of that um <laughs> one day I, up, I was like enough's enough um, I want to do something better, I want a white walled room with no windows um, so I um, yeah, started a gardening business and started farming alongside that. I'd done it for about two, three years before that. I used to buy store lambs, fatten them, sell them again um, and then when I got my job um, I took some grazing on that couldn't be made into hay
0: so I bought some ewes and the rest is history as they say. Yes, and what age are you if you don't mind me asking the minute. Say again. What age are you at the minute? Uh, so I am 27 at the minute. 27. So, so that's been in that four-year uh, period. So it's, it's not been not been long. It's, you know, I often people do this. I, I write like a couple of things down before I kick okay. off a podcast. Right. And you've pretty much went through them all. So um, we'll jump back in and look through them all. Uh, first off, Chef, what, what, what drew you to that when you were younger?
1: Um, so I, again, like most people, had no idea what we wanted to do at school not really any guidance. Um, I think when I did that whole like, put in answer 20 questions on a website, it told me I should have been a pest controller. Um, so <laughs> really had no idea what I wanted to do, but they had a competition halfway through school um, to produce like a two course menu, three course menu that was sustainable, local, and all of that stuff, which I've always been interested in. I've always liked food. So I entered that, won my age group and the whole of the competition. So I got a day at Le Manoir, um, so Raymond Blanc's, like, restaurant that's about an hour away from me. Um, so it sort of just stemmed from there. I did a day in the kitchen and just, like, was amazed by that. So I knew I, at that point, wanted to wanted to chef and, and be chefing. So,
0: yeah. As as someone who has been a cook, uh, well, I don't know what the definition of a chef is. I've certainly never been trained, but I was a cook for a couple of years. I, 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 I mean, like, The actual chefing world has always interested me because, like, it just seems intense in a kitchen. And that place you're talking about is that Michelin starred or is it?
1: So, the Manoir is one, if not two, Michelin star restaurant yeah, and hotel. So, what was that experience like? It must have been quite something. Oh, incredible, yeah. So, we, we, it was like a cookery school. So, they spent the day like teaching us to to cook, basically. But then also, you got to look around their actual kitchens and you've got like, areas for just making like a like a whole room that was a fridge for them to do all their sweets in like they they also grew everything on site like most of the vegetables literally next door and just walked them straight in like it was just everything was so fresh and like prepared on site it was just amazing place so that's what I've always wanted to do if I ever got a restaurant so like
0: proper fast paced as well it's such a stressful environment I think
1: and there was like this restaurant restaurant there were so many chefs as well like vast quantity of chefs but um yeah and yeah
0: I so so how it works in that you've got someone that does thing someone that does this thing is that how that works they've all got sort of their say
1: yeah yeah so literally they'll like an order will come in and they'll be like right bam 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 you're all you do is just make sauces so you literally make sauce for every single different dish they'll be the head chef or sous chef on the pass so like the front bit and then people will just appear with different bits of food and then he plates it or she plates it up and, and serves it straight out. Excellent.
0: And I mean, this this is a food and farming podcast, so I'm going to spend a wee bit of time quizzing you on the chef side as well. Um, you started at 16, is that right? Just straight out of school? Yeah. yeah. And, and did you leave school at 16?
1: Yeah, I, yeah they were ready for me to go. Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like that, they were ready.
1: <laughs> yeah, so... Um, yeah no, we left. I left at sixteen, and and got an apprenticeship because I I knew I I didn't want to. Um, well, I wanted to be a vet originally, and then when I when I realised I had to go to university and like be fairly bright, that wasn't going to happen. So I I then took, chefing on, went to went to went to college one day a week, and then
0: chef the rest of the time. I feel like you're very hard on yourself. <laughs> um so you started at at 16 and by 23 or maybe before that you were a head chef what was the process involved in, in that sort of movement so very fortunate so i had my first
1: job i did for two years so i did one year of apprenticeship and then they wouldn't give me a second year of apprenticeship so i just worked for a year for them um why they didn't i don't know because you get paid by the government to do it yeah but anyway um so i did two years there and then i Thankfully, got headhunted by at that point, probably one of the best restaurants in my local town. They were two rosettes, um, really sort of well thought out restaurants. So I got headhunted as to go in as a um, like um, commie chef or senior commie chef. So once I'd done like a year, so they gave me this my second year of apprenticeship, did that. And then I worked from them pretty much my whole entire rest of my chefing career. So I just worked up when somebody left or I became more qualified, just worked up the ranks. Um, I then left at junior Sioux level, I think it was. Yeah, I left at junior Sioux level because this was sort of when I was wanting to go into farming potentially. And another another restaurant locally offered me sort of, which I thought was going to be better hours um, and all of that. And it turned out that I was doing less hours in a day, but more days. So I really wasn't actually gaining anything. I was just yeah. being consumed all the time. So in the time of me leaving, I'd only been gone six weeks. My previous restaurant offered me sous chef job and a lot more money to go back. So I was like, okay, good job I left them, wasn't it? So um, went back to them as sous chef, um, worked for the Christmas, and then we had a head chef, but I basically did the head chef role underneath the head chef being there because he was useless. Um, (laughs) And I obviously he'd only been there like six months. I'd worked for the company previously for four years so I knew the insides out of of yeah. the whole kitchen and how everything worked just because I've been there so long a new company bought them out changed the whole business head chef left um and they basically the the new um CEO they couldn't find a new head chef to replace me or to replace the old one so they said this the, the CEO was like well why can't we give it to the sous chef and the my general manager was like well he's Twenty two, twenty three, and the CEO was like why can't you give the head him the head chef role how long has he been there and they're like four years so they were like well he knows the company better than anybody else right now if I was you I'd probably give it to him before he leaves as well so they gave me head chef so I only sort of if I'd gone back into the catering world now I probably wouldn't get a head chef role because I've not done it long enough but because I worked for the company for five years and just the way that we lost staff and everything like that it just felt that I knew the the place better than anybody else so I did it for six months I said I'd give it a shot for six months but hardest worst six months of my life um
0: hardest worst six months of your life because you knew you wanted to get into something else or hardest worst six months of your life because of the job
1: because of the job um I didn't know I wanted to do anything else at that point I still wanted a restaurant I still wanted to cater but um just no social life and when they say no social life I mean no social life yeah. um and well i ended up ruining i ended up losing relationship losing friends and just the days you were not there you were either going in to check that the orders were being done and the prep was being done you were sat at home and you just weren't switching off it was just all i was thinking about was there it's just horrendous so yeah um i knew well i got up one morning i was like i've got to get out like this needs to stop now <laughs> so yeah no i mean it's so yeah. yeah yeah
0: um so a few questions (laughs) quite a few words i've heard but no i don't know what they mean Uh, call sue and i mean head obviously makes sense but what are call and sue chefing
1: so call chef is like bottom of the pile basically so it's just well they're french terminologies i wouldn't know exactly but call chef is basically your trainee chef so Mm -hmm. they'll do your basic veg prep and, and all of that and then build their way up sous chef is second in the command so when the head chef's not there or in the office sous chef's the second one to answer to um, so normally in a in a like a big restaurant your sous chef would be the one that's basically running the kitchen and your head chef would be in your office but then if you have an executive chef um, your head chef like they all move one up if you see it or move one down so your sous chef is is basically head chef when he's on a day off you take over um, and normally people will come and speak to you, speak to the sous chef over the head chef um, just because obviously head chef's normally trying to run everything you'd go to the sous chef and then they'd either resolve it or speak to the head chef so yeah second mm-hmm. in command of the kitchen basically
0: and um you mentioned rosette so i assume that's some kind of quality branding like michelin stars but slightly different is that right
1: yeah so it's aa rosette so basically it's sort of what most places can get their hands on um michelin stars are obviously only for few and far between <laughs> Um, and, and rosettes are sort of more good quality food, but you're not going to get like three peas and a piece of carrot, basically. Right, uh, good, yeah. You're going to get a good meal, but they're still better quality
0: than just going to a local pub, if you know what I mean. <clears throat> and and it's funny, Michelin and A.A., both, uh, Michelin stars came about in French travel, didn't it, when people would... Would basically be hiring a car and then they would be like well where do you where are you going to go to and you would go to restaurants that had a star that's how it originally came about
1: yeah so it originally started from yeah the michelin tire company so it's still owned by the michelin yeah. tires they still run it and it's basically just a guide to restaurants on route on routes around france yeah that's all it started from and it's just grown and grown so the aa rosettes is no different it's aa is <laughs> in trap is in the breakdown cover is the is the exact same yeah they're just quit saying basically you've got like you're a decent place to eat basically that's all it is but it's obviously just a much bigger thing than that now
0: yeah yeah. You know I'm just wondering you know if there's going to be like an, an RAC medal and a green flag coupon you know like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's such right, a yeah. weird crossover it's because like yeah for, for so many years I was literally about six months ago I googled this because for so many years I just assumed michelin was a french person that was a chef you know just, yeah but it's it's actually it's actually tired which is quite funny so um you, you went, went from chefing, and then you know uh, uh that sort of six months was tricky shall we say and uh looking for something different and then you looked at sort of starting a gardening company did you say um
1: yeah so so my parents own one already okay um and the plan was to take some of their work so they could take it slightly easier it's not work like that. We're both all as busy as each other, but that was the plan. <laughs> well, I didn't plan to do it the whole time anyway. It was just sort of like an interlude till I found out what I wanted to do. That interlude has
0: just happened to be now four years long. <laughs> um, so is, uh, I did a bit of Googling on you. It's, it's not just gardening. It's, it's gardening and catering. Is that right? So or...
1: originally, when I, I don't run the catering side anymore, originally right. COVID has basically finished that off. Um, so originally it was, I put as many names on my company as I could. So it just covered whatever I wanted to do. Um, and at that point I was still doing some freelance chefing. I was doing some weddings and some sort of like local catering things. I had two booked, two big weddings booked for during COVID, um, which obviously got canceled. Um, and then I just picked up more and more gardening. So I just didn't have the time to take on any more weddings. So rather than paying somebody to rebrand my company it just sits at the bottom
0: <laughs> so you, you're sitting like setting up the the limited company and it's like <laughs> you've reached the max characters for the title you're like, there are many more things yeah gonna fit. <laughs> <laughs>
1: just keep just keep adding them on and i can just keep doing what i like
0: <laughs> if you were ever which i assume you won't be it's quite a big change but if you're ever on like, the stock exchange or something just be going around the new york tower forever yeah <laughs> uh, <laughs> um so is that like you know a lawn mowing and strimming or is it a landscape gardening or is it both?
1: Yeah, so more the first one, mowing, strimming. So basically I have the same clients pretty much week in, week out, and I just look after mostly the older clientele. So we just basically go in and just look after their garden, basically. They know nine times out of ten what they want or what they normally do, they just physically can't do it anymore. So that's what that's what I do. Just go around for, and then become like friends, you know, get to yeah. know them the families it's really nice so.
0: do you know I, I did that for someone for about six weeks before I got my local job a couple of weeks my local job <laughs> my current job I did it in my local area for about six weeks um it is one of my favorite jobs just working in the garden being behind a lawnmower is the most enjoyable experience put podcasts oh, I, I come
1: up with most of my business ideas behind a yeah behind a mower
0: it's brilliant, it's brilliant. there's there's no focus when you're streaming you're focusing but when you're mowing yeah. you're just <laughs> traveling along yeah, loved it. Great game. Well, good on you. Good on you. Um, so yes, uh, you then then found a way into farming. You had no connection to it apart from sort of um, uh, grandparentage. But for the most part, that I assume that wasn't even there when you jumped into it. Or are they still farming? Or
1: they've taken it back. They do it themselves now. But um, yeah, yeah, that's where I started. I had twelve lambs on there, and then twenty and thirty. But then all the, the ewes have never been there. I've always I've got my own grazing for that. So I did, I grazed theirs for two years, three years, and then they took it back and I built from there on my
0: own. So you, you, I love, see, I love stories like this. Number, I think R2Cast number 31 or 29 uh, is a guy called Ross Pattinson. And he, like yourself, I think had a great grandparent that had some land, you know, like really nothing, yeah. And uh, he bought four pet, well, no, he didn't. He took four pet lambs, well, he was given them, we didn't steal them, um, put them in the garden, reared them sold them store yeah and then the next year he did 20 and i want so your story's similar that's why i'm so excited to do this um so you started with 12 store lambs did you then rear them and then sell them yourself or did you just sell them at the market
1: yeah yeah so i've always done hay so i've always made hay off the field and i like making money so i was like well he says that as he's gone into sheep so it's poor life choice but um I was like, there must be another way to take money off of this grass. So then I, yeah, bought twelve lap, bought twelve stores in October, ran them through until April, and then had them back in a box and sold them to friends and family, basically, and um, could have sold twice over the amount I had. So I bought twenty the following year, thirty the following year, and and did it till I did forty or fifty last year. Um, Know, 40 last year and I've just done 50 of my own lambs for the first time ever this
0: year so was funny you say you, you like to make money most of us do uh, but the, 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 as you get into sheep farming um, but you're doing it the, the clever way especially from a small perspective selling that sort of added value, selling it as the product, not selling it to the market cutting out the middle 15 people uh, and sort of yeah. doing that yourself so so there is money in that I'm quite certain yeah, um, yeah so and and did you are you still is that still the plan to still do the selling everything um at the farm gate if you will?
1: I would like to realistically i don't think they'll all go through the farm gate this year there's just short there's 100 different. lands in the field mm-hmm. um so i'd i'd like to get 60 gone um the 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 bonus to being in the still sh- involved in the chefing world i've got friends that own restaurants and yeah. pubs so I'm hoping to, like, last year I did sell 12 to one restaurant. So I'm hoping I can have a more regular thing with him that he'll take three every fortnight or every three weeks. I'm hoping that I can get a few like this. There's a couple of other restaurants that have had my lamb last year. So hopefully I can potentially start a thing with them to have it more regularly, which would be ideal because then I can use more that way. Um, so, yeah, I'd like to get to the point where I'm selling everything. But this year I'm, I am expecting to probably sell some in the
0: autumn well it's it's actually a really good model that though because the, the the things the bits that people struggle to sell are the expensive cuts but that's what your restaurants are going to take yeah so you're going to you're going to find a market for your chops and such like but well you
1: know, i said no i'll sell every, i won't break a lamb down so only oh, so do the restaurant has it, it they've the a whole cut, the whole carcass oh. because i've got no facility to hold anything so if it comes yeah. it's got to be delivered straight to them so, um, yeah, it comes back in a box. I won't sell... I'll probably do two or three lambs a year, a maximum that I'll sell individual joints. It goes quarter, half or whole a lamb. Yeah. Um, or a, or a, a full unbroken-down carcass goes straight to restaurants and then they can cut it how they want it.
0: Oh, right. okay. Is, that, is that, I didn't know that was a thing restaurants did.
1: <laughs> um, wow, not many restaurants. Yeah. Your better quality sort of still, like without being rude to all restaurants, but some restaurants that like one of them is a really good friend of mine. He's a fantastic chef and he wants to take the time to teach his like next generation of chefs like how to break down a whole lamb rather than just being ringing a butcher and going, I need 10 legs and three chops and and this and they just appear with it. He takes the whole lamb and goes, right, this is what you do with all these different cuts is how you can break it down and actually teaching them rather than like everybody becoming lazy and just convenience of going into a supermarket or picking up the phone to a butcher's. So
0: that's Um, amazing
1: but also they also like the story they can sell it they can charge a bit more and they can sell the story that these lambs are literally grazing the village up from where we're buying it from we know the whole story they can use pictures from my social media on their social media and we can work between us and and advertisers both of us so
0: yeah they they can make more money out of it deservedly so when you're you know when you're exactly yeah for sure um it's sustainable it's also it's it's also it's almost regenerative from a from an employment perspective and that those those future people you're talking about are yeah they might not wait there forever but they might then go to their place when they become a head chef or whatever and they'll try that's but i love that I, I, that's really good um so wh- where are we farming wise now then you you're you're no longer uh putting store lambs on your grandparents what are you doing now
1: so now running, which terrifies me, 92 U's going into this topping season. Um, so I've only, I've lambed down twice. I lambed down 42 um, two years ago. This year I lambed down 73 and I'm lambing down 92
0: this year. <laughs> Basically, well, double, double 150% every time. That's brilliant.
1: Yeah. So this <laughs> will be... Bad.
0: Fair play, fair play.
1: <laughs> so... So we're now up to two two separate flocks so i run a commercial ewes which um produce my fat lambs and then i've got a flock of full romneys which breed my replacement ewes now just i saw the price of ewes and was like i'm never buying them again i'll breed my own thanks um so yeah run two flocks now
0: what breed other the commercials
1: so commercials are a, a, a licorice all sorts um yeah. so they're either bow texas Charolais, Charolais, crosses um texel crosses anything that's that's got a good good back end to it will go in my commercials basically um they'll be grand and so,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> um but i'll slowly breed them out and i will end up as a full a full romney flock um and then the Romney's in the second flock. The commercial flock will still get crossed with like a a Texel or something like that. So the Lambs have still got a better confirmation than just a straight Romney is is the plan.
0: Why Romney?
1: Um, I wanted to go Easy Care or Ex Lana, which is those self-shedding things. Mm -hmm. Um, But because I rent and because like the price of world and I was like, we've got to, if I'm starting off breeding my own, I've got to be sustainable. I've got to look where the trends are going, all of this. Then I realised I rent all my grazing, um, and they make a hell of a lot of mess on fencing and trees. And I was like, I can't have people ringing me and me losing grazing because the sheep are making a mess in all the fields. So then I went polar opposite and bought things that were really fluffy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> think, um, are they not one of the one of the few breeds that you're not making money on wool, but you're you're maybe paying for the shearers?
1: Uh, yeah, they are better, but I shear twice a year, so. Mm. yeah yes and no um but they are fantastic views they like do well on nothing which is great at the minute they just took out a lamb and it loves it before it's even sort of come out literally this year i had one that was lambing it and cleaning it as it was coming out oh yeah she just literally lambs it and it's she's already turned around and she's not even really finished so they're brilliant, really milky, and they just, just get on with it. I really, really like the Romneys. So that's why I've, I didn't really like, there's so many farmers around here. A really good friend of mine runs like six, 800 of them. So I'm like, Great. if you get on fire with them and it works for your system, it's going to work for my small system. So he had some shearlings. So he was like, look, just buy some of these if you want. You'll always get a lamb out of them, even if you don't like them. If you don't like them, you can sell them again and buy a different breed. You've just got to trial and error until you find the sheep that run in your system. So I found that at the minute, touchwood, the Romneys are doing well. The ewes are keeping condition,
0: so we'll stick with them for now. Well, do you know, I hear a lot of folks that are really up on them. A good mate of mine really likes Romneys. Um, he's, the, he's the shepherd at, at the place I work. Um, are they are they normally uh, twins or singles? They
1: should be, some people will say they're too prolific and they'll send like twins and triplets. And yeah. so I'm interested to see this year, mine will be, well, like a full you, not a shearling going into tupping. So I'm interested to see, it's going to be a hard year to tell because obviously we've got had the best grew up. So I'm hoping I might have something to flush on them. I might not even have anything to flush use onto at the minute. So they might not be as bad, but they were a higher percentage. They're like 178% right. compared to the rock. Whereas my commercials were like mm-hmm. 130%, they were rubbish um yeah well, i mean so it's yeah, like they
0: the... are... sorry you just you just uh, jumped away there what was that oh <laughs> they were yeah they were
1: a hell of a lot better percentage yeah. like 170 odd percent whereas the whereas the commercials were, were naff really yeah yeah
0: um well i mean it's like i think i think you know well, um rewbottom cowley hill farm I think you know yes, that. yeah, yeah,, yeah,, yeah. Uh, like he's obviously got cleans, and a lot of people advise against flushing them, they're that prolific, um, maybe maybe Romney's quite aren't quite at that, but still still high., which uh, is good. yeah,
1: I think so, but because I've got the commercials who don't do as well, like last year, I was trying to adopt on yeah, sure. I la I still am indoors, so if I can, I'll pull a triplet like I had a triplet this year, I'll pull one off and, and adopt it onto a commercial. So I'm, I'm more than happy for them to be more prolific. As long as I don't end up with any pet lambs, I'm happy.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, if, if you're in the, the situation that you're going to have the odd pet lamb that is going to find a mother, that's fine. Um, yeah. Maybe not. you know, The odd pet lamb at the end as well isn't the end of the world, is it? But um, no, maybe no, no, no. I
1: do pet lambs.
0: None? None at all? Okay.
1: None. No. Second year running, never had a pet lamb, and I'm going to keep it that way i did i did pet lamb rearing for somebody once i did 50 pet lambs and it's put me off for life
0: <laughs> yeah no, i know i can't even really comment because uh, my mom really does it uh, and she's she's got one of those heat waves there's no point in even telling you you don't know what this is you don't do pet lambs no i know what you mean yeah the um, ones where but, it's
1: like self-feeding
0: yeah it's, i mean like you've stuck with a shepherdess before that makes it sound like you're stuck with a a real shepherdess i mean the shepherdess brand um which was good but yes. it, it, it wasn't it wasn't a heat wave but uh yeah um and interesting choices and as you mentioned you know especially at the minute when they can do well on nothing uh, i am currently in dumfries it is the 10th of august and it is unbearably hot today at 23 degrees um what is it you're experiencing at the minute carl
1: 30
0: degrees today
1: and that's cool it's going to get hotter by the weekend <laughs>
0: And and I just I follow a lot of you guys. Where, where exactly are you? Your your Oxfordshire, is that right? So Oxfordshire.
1: Um, if you've seen Clarkson's farm, I'm about half an hour away from him.
0: All right. Okay. Um, have you have you been to see him? Well, not him, but uh deadly squat. Well, I
1: I drove past Didley Farm squat before it was cool. So. Oh
0: really? <laughs>
1: um, yeah, because I've got some customers that direction. So I've been past that plenty of times. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Be uh, uh, a prized customer there but yeah i hope you've kicked your feet up and got comfy and enjoying another fantastic episode of the r2 cast with another really interesting guest i would just like to quickly take another second to plug the sponsors of the show today the scottish farmer and i would strongly advise you to go out and pick one up this week and see even more of the fantastic people that are in our industry i follow
0: you guys down south or south of england anyway and it just looks hard at the minute. You know, you're you're begging for rain, you're having to I maybe mean, not irrigate your you know crops, but you're you're having to bring water to the to the stock. It's do you think an end's in sight? Or what do you think? There's rumors
1: that we're meant to be getting a re- a bit of rain on Monday, but not that we're gonna have to have a bit more than just a day. Like it's I've never seen like lawns, for example, peeling away from patios. Jeez. Like you've got a good two three inches away where it's just dried up and moving like the lawn is moving away from the patios like that's dry like i drove around the ewes last night because i'm i'm not checking them till the evening now rather than doing the morning because they follow the truck so i go out when it's sort of getting dusk because it keeps them in the shade during the day um and just driving around is just like tinder it's just wait well we had a The fire at the other end of the village at the beginning of the week, a field fire, the bottom of the garden, the neighbor's house, the garden set on fire two days ago. Like, I think yesterday, the fire crew in our area got called out 15 times to fires in a day because literally it's field after field after field just going up, combines going up, everything is, it's, yeah. Yeah. Genuinely terrifying I've, at the minute.
0: I've seen a lot of combines, actually. I've seen three or four photos in the last few days, and I'm pretty sure they're all UK. Yeah, yeah. Not good. Um, I assume you're in a slightly fortunate position given you're producing hay, or is all that hay sold?
1: Well, it's in the barn. It's made and done. Um, yeah. We made it in June. We did some, I did make some a couple of weeks ago, which was pretty shocking. It's standing hay. I, well, it was so dry, I didn't actually have to ted it out. I literally just mowed it. Left it and bailed it like four days later, because uh, <laughs> there was nothing green left in it. Um, but the little stuff for the equine is is banned and yeah, I imagine there's going to be hopefully some good sales this this winter because there won't be the grass.
0: Yeah, no. I, the reason I said that I just didn't know if you'd be using some of it yourself or you still got some grass lying around.
1: There's still some grass. I was only saying to someone this afternoon. Lambs are looking like they are going to be grazed on it, put onto it soon. Um, right, but. Really reluctant too. I'm hoping that we'll get a bit of rain just to green up some of the hayfields and get them on that lush ground because they're just not going to fatten on hay. So they're going to go backwards more than they're going to go forward. So sort of holding out. They're they're on. Thankfully, we they the field was topped in sort of good time, so it's greened up a little bit. But there's not a lot out there where they are. It's sort of the days are getting shorter till they've got to be moved. So hoping this bit of rain on Monday is going to help, but. I'm
0: not hopeful. Yeah, well, hopefully, hopefully it bashes it down for a day or two, because um, it's not easy. That I mean, we, yeah, for sure. I mean, at home, you know, we we had uh, mum and dad put an IBC out for for the for the cattle. But I mean, it's it's the odd day. It's required each year, you know. Uh, getting to stage, you guys. Well, when was the last notable rain you had?
1: The last notable noticeable rain was when I went to three counties show, which was um, second week of June.
0: Was it June? I thought it was July. Jesus.
1: No, yes. it was, the, yeah, we, yeah, three, so that was before the Royal Highland show. So we're,
0: we're, two, Highland. we're two months in, we're over two months. Yeah, yeah. Shit, that's not easy, yeah. not easy. And and what area have you got? Hey, how much area have you got, Carl? Uh, roughly around 300
1: acres. Um, right, okay. But that's, like, all different, like, like, some of that's only winter grazing, some of that's just summer grazing. Depends on, like, I've got, like, 100 acres, which I can only graze in the winter because they, mm-hmm. they're they an Arab farm. The grassland they take a hay cut from, so I can only graze it from, well, once there's grass, basically back in the ground, back on the ground, and I can, I've can i got to be off, sort of, by April. Yeah. Some of it I've got, year-round, I can do what I like with it.
0: And, I mean, land is, again, I've said a couple of times that a lot of people listen that sort of maybe are in that stage that they want to get into farming and as, as difficult as we all know it is and, and they like to hear from folk like yourself. So um the difficult thing is land. How how did you go about getting that?
1: See I'm gonna contradict you. Okay. I have never struggled to get out of grazing, thankfully. But right. I've always struggled to get out of barns and lambing places and storing kit has been my hardest thing to get out of. Um I guess I've just been fortunate. I've been in the right place at the right time to get grazing. And I've found talking to people, talking to farmers, and normally, like, if they've got a bit of grazing that's not – is more of a hassle for them than it's worth. It's still a hassle for me, but it's grazing, so I'll take it. Um, And talking to people. But, like, getting a lambing shed for this year, thankfully we did find one big enough to take them. But, like, storing – like my trailer is just in, the, in having to be in the corner of someone's shed, tractors in another one. They're not particularly dry or the best storage, but it's it's finding just places to put kit is, is like something you don't realise when you have a farm and you're just running a flock. You could put the flock somewhere normally, but it's all the rest of the kit that comes with them. It's finding stuff like that to put them. Or, or like even for me, filling up an IBC tank, finding water that you can buy off of somebody it's easier said than done. And there's only so many times you can pull in that favour. If you've got a week that's wet or dry, you're fine. You can ask for it. But we're two months in. It's getting bits like that that you don't realise that are the hard bits. It's the infrastructure more so than the grazing I've struggled with.
0: So uh, you're not going to have a hose running out of the kitchen tap? <laughs> it's
1: not, going to be... not when you're trying to fill like two IBC <laughs> tanks for the back of the trailer.
0: Not really. No, that that's interesting, actually, because, I mean, everyone I've had on, you know, Abby and Andy, A and A livestock. Rachel and Jake, Evitts, their farming journey. Who else? Ross. The, the the thing was always that building up the ground, but um, I'd never considered the whole sort of infrastructure as well, because like lambing sheds. That's like, I assume that's insanely difficult, because I assume most of them are just being used. Um.
1: Yeah, so I was really fortunate. Somewhere I I do all their lawns for them their retired farm so they've got a 60 acre farm that they've retired and there's a lambing shed on site but i obviously don't know them very well so i sort of approached the idea and before i even finished up the question they were like yeah of course you can so i was really fortunate that, that they were on board but yeah i had a mate of mine let him let me borrow literally the corner of his shed the year before and i could only have it once he'd sold all the hay and i had to be out before haymaking again so i really had like a short window to lamb in um but I'd outgrown that in a year there was no way I could fit 70 odd sheep in it It was tight for 30 40 the year before there's no way I could get 70 in there this year so fortunate enough I have that one and I'm hoping I'll have it again next year but it's that and like upping your hay production like originally I was selling it straight off the field but now I'm making well last year I made like 1500 bales well that's a that's a big bar <laughs> yeah we'll um so, yeah, that's what I've struggled with. And like I said, where do you stick a livestock trailer? Where do you stick
0: tractor and all of that? So Yeah, it's one of the the, the, the difficulties of quick growth, isn't it? You know, and whatever, and anything, in any company, and any whatever. Um, but, yeah, that that was lucky with the gardening client. <laughs> that's yeah. came off well. Um, yeah, and, and is that 60 acres? Do you farm that as well or no?
1: No, so it's, it's arable at the minute and they've got, Um, like four fields of grassland but the local college have them and I never want to like step on people's toes so for as long as the college need them they have them Um, I just take the barn and and that's all I have so um, that's how it's left at the minute but and he the 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 gentleman's just taken the farm back in so he's just taken it back on the farm himself it was contracted out, and he's now doing it himself so I don't think I'll take it anytime soon but right a foot's in the cool. door and I tap the landing shed so
0: yeah definitely definitely and what is the local college near you just of interest
1: uh so th- it's only a small one it's Abingdon and Whitney college right. so they just have like a, a farming like agricultural farm literally in the same village as I grew up in it's just oh, off yeah, the road a, but... yeah
0: pretty good very good um you are Definitely not just a farmer. Well, you're everything, absolutely. You're a lot of things. Um, but you're you're definitely not just everything we've covered today. Uh you also do a lot of um a lot of sort of promotional stuff. promotional sort of ambassadorships of different things. Um and one thing that I, I saw you were doing, I think it was was it the fourth of August, I think it was. I think it was the day after a local show, uh you did Farm Twenty Four. Um, could you tell us a bit about what Farm24 is? I've been tagged in it two years in a row and I've not been on the farm the time that it's happened. So I've never asked me to do it. But what is Farm24 and why is it happening? So Farm24
1: is basically 24 hours. The hashtag is hashtag Farm24. So we ask or get it's run by the Farmers Guardian and Morrison's. And they basically just get as many farmers or anybody, not just farmers, anybody in the agricultural sector, whatever they are to show what they do for 24 hours or what they do within those 24 hours so obviously we're not all up 24 hours but whether you're a dairy farmer getting up first thing or whether you're a sheep farmer like me who likes to start at like nine it's, it's whatever you're up to um through the day and just basically it's, it's all what like for me it's no different to my normal day because I show what I get up to every single day on social media but it's getting those other people that don't normally share what they do even if they share one picture or one video and it's just basically trying to flood social media yeah. with all the amazing work the british farmers do to put the food on our plates and it's just making a day of it getting media involved and radio come radio involved and, and just pushing it as much as we can
0: and it is great like you say like yeah i see you all the time or i see well all the time or whatever but it's nice to see everyone else like we're a very small percentage that are posting all the time yeah it's nice to see what everyone's doing uh it's yeah, it's, right, Morrison's Farmers' Roger. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a brilliant thing. I think it's a good movement. I think it's something we have to get behind, and um, hopefully next year I'll manage to actually be involved. Um, you also do quite a bit with Yellow Wellies. Um, for those of you who like what's Yellow Wellies, is he a, 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 a fisherman? Um, Yellow Wellies is a, a, a farm safety foundation. And for those of you interested, I think, is it number. 20th no it must be number number 18 I think the podcast I had Stephanie Berkeley on who's like the head of the whole thing and um, so if you want to go and hear a bit about it go and check that out but could you tell us what your involvement with, with the yellow Whales has been here?
1: um so yeah I'm again another ambassador for that so sort of do promotion bits as and when bits are coming up talk about as much social media oh sorry um as much promotional bits as i can um and then i'm sort of like a face that if they need a radio interview or a tv interview there's basically enough of us based up and down the country um that that we should all have someone covered in the area that uh, that are prepared to talk on on media um about yellow wellies and the importance of farm safety and and mental health within farming and
0: and all of that basically so uh, do you do much are you on the radio TV, that sort of thing, often with it, or uh, not so much
1: with them, but radio in general, um, probably once a month um, with my local radio, um, and then I've in the past done quite a lot with Radio Two as well.
0: Yeah, well, I was aware of this, and that's why I asked about TV and radio. Could, what's this? What's the the, the stuff with Radio Two? Tell us about it. <laughs> so,
1: tapping not this just gone the previous tupping so my first yeah. ever tupping going in they had a had a thing on a monday morning what was your like monday manifesto what you wanted to get done for the day okay so i was on the way to work so i just texted in saying it's tupping week my ram my ram rambo is going in meeting his ladies for the first time i thought they won't do anything about it it's not really breakfast show appropriate <laughs> and they won't do it Next thing I know, a producer's on the phone saying, we love your story. Do you want to be on with Zoe Ball in five minutes' time? I was like, um, <laughs> yeah. They're like, of course I will. So they're like, okay, we'll pull over. So did a radio interview with Zoe and basically said, "Stopping week, week. Rambo's going in. Yadi, yadi, yadi. Um, they said, well, we'll catch up with you on Friday if that's all right. I said, yeah, of course it will. friend of mine, I think, I can't remember who it was. Somebody's like, look, send Zoe a message. Send her a picture of Rambo. I was like she won't see it, like, okay, I'll do it anyway. So I sent her a picture on Instagram. She replied, starting following me, she still follows me now, may I man. Um, and yeah, shared a picture of Rambo and was like, this is Carl, like, this is his Ram. So on. So I went back on on Friday, on the Friday and said that he went in yesterday, or he served x amount, sort of working hard. And they're like, great, we well, can you keep us updated. So I sent them a clip or a bit of update at um scanning, and then when the use came in and then we did a did an interview a live interview halfway through lambing that year and updated them. I think we did a bit of shearing um and then I had a new ram this year, topping just gone um so we got the listeners to name him, so he's been named by so he's rocky, so he got named by the radio two listeners back in this november but Sadly, they've changed the producer now um, who has gone down a different line, so they're more interested in promoting celebrities and all that side. So I've not been on with Zoe since yeah last November, sadly. But um, we will be back think... on there one day. I
0: think. Yeah, I was going to say, do you think there's a potential to find something else with Zoe Ball?
1: <laughs> well, I try. She shares some of my content every so often. Like She shared one of my hashtag Farm24s. So they all still really... And when I spoke to him the other week, he said we still want you and we still, you come up in conversation quite often. Um, so we were trying to get them to come. They were going to come to Laming and do a live show from Lamming from the Laming shed. Yes. But then the producers changed like a month or so before that. So I feel there's still the potential there. Um, and I will just keep like, keep plugging it away and just keep, keep, well, they've said, just keep them updated. If they can do something, they will. If not, they like the update for the office anyway.
0: Keep, so, keep reminding her
1: <laughs> yeah um, and she replies to my story every so often and I'll reply to her so there's still like a connect, like still a connection there so hopefully maybe one day we'll do something
0: that's so cool and I did actually for those listening and watching I did just do a wee fact check she is still following Carl oh, uh, good good <laughs> that's the sort of thing that like you said that she is still, I, w- I would check every day to make sure <laughs> she wouldn't be getting rid of me um that's really cool. Uh yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I hope that happens because I missed it at the time and now I want to hear that sort of thing. I want to hear you on the radio every week. Um you're also involved with NFU a bit, is that right, Carl? Um for through young farmers, is that right? Uh
1: yes, yeah. So I was there one of their NFU student young farmer ambassadors. So they set the program up, I don't know, three years ago. Um so basically they take I think it's between 12 and 15 young people who are involved in farming or at university based in up and down the country. So we did it for, well, we were fortunate enough to do it for like 18 months because of COVID. Right. So basically you're sort of, well, as some of my friends like to put it, I was a poster boy for the NFU. Um, <laughs> so again, we're the, the younger generation, the face of the NFU, talk to our local MPs, TV work, radio work, article writing, um, and I've just carried on with them. So if there's a a local news report or something they need, they'll just ring me if I can do it. I will. I did an article with them a couple of weeks ago for an American company, American newspaper. So yeah, I really like the NFU and the work they do. So we just, I just promote and, and work with them as and when now. I'm not tied to them. Whereas like when I was an ambassador, I had to sort of do as much as they asked. Whereas now I'm not. I just take on the work if and when I want to, basically.
0: And I assume the NFU is quite good to work alongside. Is, would that yeah. be fair? Yeah, they're brilliant. And
1: they'll like, keep you in, not in line, but up to date with like policies and where the government's sitting with, with farming. And mm-hmm. they'll sort of, like I try and, I don't have to have the same opinion as the NFU anymore, but it's quite good to know where their stance is on things and on deals and policy and I can say okay I yeah I'm along with them and I can learn a lot off the back of them and there's so many people within the NFU that are very valid knowledgeable um and I've I've yeah been some amazing places with the NFU like like I wouldn't have got to the Lord Mayor's show last year in London um and, and places like that I wouldn't have been able to do that without the NFU, so no, really thankful so, for
0: them. Yeah, definitely. And just for folk listening, you said you know opportunities like getting to, to that show there. Uh, what, what opportunities did it give to you apart from obviously meeting these fantastic folk and, and meeting other like-minded folk as well?
1: <clears throat> I think the biggest one for me is because I've come from not a farming background, like getting my name in NFU magazines and all of that. Like. People locally have been like, okay, if the NFU are backing this guy, he's clearly taking farming seriously now. And I think people have like gone, okay, I've gained more grazing off it. I've just, for me, it's promoted me as a person locally and nationally. Like people have gone, okay, who's this guy? Like, where does he come from? Um, I know farmers previously in my area have been really supportive, but also been like, is he just thinking of this as like a little hobby on the side? And then I think when they've seen articles written about me, in the Farmers Guardian, Farmers Weekly, or the NFU magazines, they've gone. Okay, yeah, this is a bit more serious now. So
0: it's definitely helped me and got me in places. And I mean, I mean, it's a ne- it's a networking industry, isn't it? So the more, yeah, the more your names out there, the better. Were you inv- Were you there with uh, Rebecca Wilson? Or not?
1: No, so she's this year's. Yeah. So there this year's. I was the previous year. Previous year.
0: Well, it, it's NFU something I've always been very much fond of. My, my family, it's NFUs up here, but my family's always been union folk, and I think some folks say they're rubbish and whatever, but I really don't think that's the case. Um, I think they're they're out fighting the battles that we need to be fought, and and it's it's Minette Batters down with you guys. We've got Martin Kennedy up here, the president, and yeah, the, I think they they work wonders for the for the industry. Yes, they'll do something wrong, or at least not even say wrong. Different to what you think is right, um, yeah, you know. But for the most part, they're 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 the thing we need in policy. I'm not up in politics ma- massively, but I think yeah, they're out for the right yeah, things. I up. think so.
1: Yeah, they they like for for us. They've got an offices literally next door to house the Parliament. They can put pressure on all the time. They're always speaking to government. If we didn't have that, who's going to do it for us? Otherwise, like that's how I look at it. Is we need a voice. We we as farmers on our own are not loud enough. We need somebody with a bit more welly, no pun intended, to
0: <laughs> push it for us. That's a really good movement. if we need someone with welly. That could be, that could literally be an NFU like thing. You know, that should be. I,
1: I, I'm, we're going to claim this if it comes out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Uh, R2cast number 60, Connell. This is always going to be, and you're going to be able to be claiming all of the, the royalties for it. Um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you were you were at the Highlands a couple of months ago what did you think
1: oh amazing we really? we did a lot we did the Royal Cornwall three counties and the Royal Highland in like two and a half weeks but yeah. Highland show was amazing I'm really glad I listened to my Instagram and did two days we could have done a third fairly easily but um, you no know,
0: it was good to do two days it was just vast amazing uh, how does it compare to the other two three counties and Royal Cornwall um
1: good bigger much bigger Right. yeah
0: um three counties
1: sadly was a really wet day so we spent most of the day just running from like marquee to marquee three counties <laughs> i wouldn't say as, as 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 big there's not the livestock side as much as the other two um rural cornwall was good there was a lot of livestock but nowhere near on the scale like the big cattle sheds at the Royal Highland Show is just huge.
0: So, Quite the same with the sheep sheds as well. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the livestock shed, the life well, the cattle shed, and the livestock marquees. Uh, sorry, cattle sheds and sheep marquees are the size of some shows. You know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's major. Um, it's oh, I love it. Absolutely love going to the Highland Show. Did you Did you spend any evenings at the Highland Show?
1: No, we didn't. We right. um, you had an airbnb so we know we went back um we were fairly knackered by the time we'd walked around all day long so no we didn't i think it was fairly but also we didn't really know anybody so it wasn't really like it was just the two of us going up to so um no we didn't stay the nights
0: well next year if you're back up uh, i don't know your partner's name sorry but you and your partner what was that lots well, well, you and Lottie very much welcome to come to the dance. Not, of course, that I ever go to the dance. Um, no, of course not. Yeah, uh, <laughs> no. I was I was actually at Highland for six days this year. Um wow. So I was there for about three o'clock in the afternoon, the night, the day before, and then I was there from I was there from six in the morning on the Monday until about one in the afternoon. Uh, wow. uh, <laughs> I really went to town on it. Um, it's good fun. Good to be back. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely next time. Me up and, yeah. and do you do you go to Yorkshire? You ever been to Yorkshire? No. So I think
1: our plan for next year potentially is the Welsh and Yorkshire. Yeah. Um, we're gonna like rotate them round because there's so many that we want to try and get to. You could end up not working most yeah. of the summer and just going to shows. Um. So we've yeah. I think we've limited ourselves. We've done three this year. I did do the NSA sheep show as well the other day. So mm-hmm. I feel like we've done enough, and then we'll we'll catch up with a few more. Next year
0: again. So. You should try Scott Sheep, um, okay. which which won't be till what, what year are we on at the minute? Twenty twenty four. It'll be twenty twenty as every two okay. years. Um, but if you look up Scott Sheep over Larg, it was where it was this year. Massive. The day was delightful. Uh, they say it's the biggest sheep show on, in the world, but in uh, Europe, sorry, but I don't know how oh. true that. Uh, but it's, Sorry, it's through NSA it's through NSA but it's like our Scottish it's
1: probably the equivalent to our one that we've just had at three
0: counties then but, but Scotland's better yeah. <laughs> I'm not going into that argument tonight <laughs> no I'm joking, I'm joking I'm joking yeah no we don't need to get into that that would cause a massive battle but we do not need um, I tried yeah. doing that on the Farmers Guardian
1: Live the other week I called out that Oxfordshire was the best county and then it just like erupted <laughs>
0: Well, I've I've got a good mate. Um, you might follow him, Farm Vet Films. Uh, Kaz. Streich. Oh, I, I think I know who you mean. Yeah, Kaz. Um, yeah, is his name. yeah. Well, well, Kaz, Kaz is is from London, but he's a he's a vet in Northumberland. Well, he's technically in New Zealand at the minute, but he's been vetting in Northumberland ever since he started. And and Cameron Wilson, the Sheep Game, and I used to do like a podcast together every week. And he Kaz was on it one day, and he basically said, um, "Small animal vets are rubbish, and if you're vetting outside Northumberland, it doesn't count." Right? So we made this like into a meme, and you know the the um, oh, what's his name, the Drake meme, where it's like, like happy, and then nah Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We had like that, like Northumberland large animal vets, um, anything else basically with Kaz's face on it. Oh, i yeah, it cost a bit of extra mash for, for his clients that were just out with Northumberland. But uh, yeah, it was good fun. Oh, but yeah. it always, always causes a battle, so it certainly wasn't intention. <laughs> but um no here about it's been it's been class to talk. We've been, been sitting here for talking no, f- talking for the best part of an hour. I've really enjoyed it. It's flown by. I don't know if you've watched a podcast before or one of these podcasts before, uh, but there is two questions we finish every single podcast with. The first one being, where do you see yourself in five years? And the second one being, and you're perfect for this question, if you had any tips for folk coming into industry, what would they be?
1: Oh, so five years' time, um, I'd like to be farming full-time. Um, <laughs> still owning a gardening business, but someone employed running it for me and me farming full time um, with a tenancy, potentially. I don't think I'll ever be buying a farm, um, but that's where I'd like to be. Um, And getting into the industry, one word, networking. Get out there, talk to people, get your name out there, join farming clubs, farm young farmers, Use social media, show people what you get up to. Just talk is my biggest tip. Be passionate. Don't be scared to ask questions. Um, I'm forever ringing people and asking probably stupid questions that they think of, but for me, they're fairly crucial. But, yeah, get out there, talk to people, and be passionate.
0: No such thing as a stupid question, first off.
1: <laughs> I, um, I've said my told my apprentices that so many times when I was chefing. No such thing as yeah. a stupid question.
0: Exactly, and and I don't know if you know this or not, eh, Carl, how, how long you've been aware of myself, but I'm an agricultural lecturer, I've filmed 60 of these episodes, and every episode I'm like, shit, never thought of that, or, all right, okay, and, and some of them I just find myself point blank, I don't know what you're talking about, let's go down that yeah. road. Eh, so yeah, it's, it's it's we're only young, you're never going to know everything, you're never going to know everything. Eh, and you're born knowing ever. nothing, is what I also used to tell them. What was that? You're born knowing nothing.
1: So that's exactly. I always used to tell them as
0: well. Exactly. So you've came a long way. So brilliant. in five years, I uh, always love to see when folks say something similar to what they're doing, just more. Do you think by then you will be full time? Certainly the rate you're going, it would be absolutely possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think so.
1: Yeah, absolutely. If and I'm it's, not, it's, I'll be certainly gone wrong.
0: Right. OK, fair enough. Yeah, yeah fair enough. Um, is Lottie involved as well?
1: Uh, no, so she's not in farming. I've, I've dragged her into it, but um, <laughs> she's listening and smiling at me at the minute. But no, she's not from farming. But I think you enjoy it, don't you? Yeah, most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's raining. <laughs> um, haymaking so. wasn't so good. Yeah, she didn't enjoy haymaking as much as she enjoyed lambing. Um, so we've, we've got to yeah. work on her on the tractor
0: side of it. It's always good to have more hands around at lambing time. Always good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it sounds like Lottie's pretty keen to do that with this size of thing. So at least you, at least you get help in this insanely yeah. quick um, created girl. So uh, kudos to you for that. Four years ago, you were cooking fancy food, which is also a, a fantastic thing in itself. And now four years on, you're not knocking having a hundred breeding yows So massive respect on that for play to you. Um, and yeah,
2: very well deserved. Yeah, yeah. I love to see ahead. folk doing that
0: yeah for sure yeah and you deserve to hear it so well done Um for those of you listening I hope you've enjoyed Carl's story I certainly have uh, and just for all of you listening it's K-A-R-L It's not Carol I have tried um, I've done my best maybe it was obvious maybe it wasn't Um this has been episode number 60 next week as words as numbers work will be number 61 uh, but I do not have a clue who's coming on yet because I haven't arranged it Um but I hope you've enjoyed Carl I hope you've enjoyed being on as well oh absolutely loved it it's been great fun thank you good mate good well i'm glad and we'll certainly keep in touch and we shall speak to you later on
2: brilliant cheers see you, soon.
0: See you next week
2: well that's it another r2 cast finished another agricultural mind opened up and i would just like to say that getting these guests on board it does take time Uh, and it always has done but I've now went weekly and with that comes even more time required and I would just like to finally thank once more the Scottish Farmer for sponsoring the show and making that much more possible. Please be sure to get in touch if you've any ideas of people you'd like to see on the podcast or maybe ideas you have for me presenting better because I definitely do require that. See you in the next one.